0: Good morning, everybody. I'm doing a reading from Mark 8, verses 31 through 38. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering, and be rejected by the elders, and the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If you want to become any followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit for them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this all and sinful generation of them and the son of man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his father with the holy angels, the word of the Lord.
1: Hope that you that you enjoy the wonderful bald eagle. Every time I see this wonderful bird, I cannot do other thing than to think in freedom, beauty, bravery, courage, honor, pride, determination, and most importantly control. They have perfect control of their flight. In fact, this bird is what inspires many of the military aircraft. They can even control if they want to live or die. They can live up to 70 years. However, when they're 40, their beaks are too bent and their talons are too long. So they have to take the decision to either live or die. If the eagle decides to live, the eagle needs to go through a process of changing that lasts for a few months. And after breaking its own beak, a new one grows back, new talons grow back, And it plucks its old age feathers. And after five months, the eagle can take its flight of rebirth and lives for another 30 more years. Let me ask you an an, an honest question. How many of us would like to have this type of control? How many of us would like to have this type of control not only over our own lives, but also the lives of others, and try to sort of control how their stories evolve? Please think about this for a moment. And what about we people of faith thinking about this same thing? How many times we would like to control the ways God acts in our lives? How many times we would like to control over the outcomes of many stories of God acting in the lives of God's people that we have in the Bible? A clear example is today in Genesis, God calls an old man and his barren wife to be the parents of a multitude of nations and kings. In the gospel account, Peter, the first one to be called by Jesus and the one who recognized Jesus as the Messiah is the main protagonist of a drama of wickedness and doubtfulness. So in my attitude of wanting to control even these stories, I try to give them a better direction. I would have never called Sarah or Abraham, much less Peter. Probably for me, in my controlling personality, what the stories of the Bible need are superheroes. I could even say that in our time, what the world needs are superheroes that are strong and fly and can fix everything and put everything back to right. The whole world groans with big feelings as we long for a superhero to make the world safer and happier. Many things are wrong with the world, and that is and that is beyond the scope and ability of normal everyday humans, to put it right. A clear example is this pandemic. We have lived through it, dwelling in the broken and in dark. We need a superhero. And yet, it is not totally clear where that superhero is going to come from. It is not clear how the power and imminence of God's liberation may be present. This being said, try to imagine Peter and the other disciples. All they have known up to this point is Jesus' authority and power. Jesus was for them that superhero that would put everything in order and make everything right. But what happens when Jesus began to teach them? What happened when Jesus told them about the real meaning of his Messiahship? What happens when Jesus began to talk about his rejection and eventual death? I cannot even imagine the chaotic and inevitable feeling in that scenario. The Son of Man must suffer. The Son of Man, their superhero, must be rejected, suffer and killed and be killed. And in this account, we can see that members of the Jewish religious establishment are not the only ones who find Jesus' teachings uncomfortable. So does Peter. Who speaks on behalf of the other disciples? And, he, and here comes the big lesson of the day, I guess. We heard that at some point Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. Both verbs, took and rebuke, express superiority and authority. Therefore, this paragraph implies that Peter took Jesus aside to instruct him. Peter, He's behaving like a patron and not like, and not like a disciple. And it seems very clear that Jesus will not be patronized. And he rebuked Peter, reminding him that disciples are to follow him. The disciples had their lesson on what does being the Christ means? And also what does being a disciple mean? Our stories today began with a call. God spoke to Abraham, Sarah, Peter, and God calls to us as well. Definitely, no one can live one's life more than oneself. The story of God in our lives is very different from one another. Therefore, our experiences with God are unique as a result of our own history. Yet, the discipleship to which Jesus invites us is to recognize that we are not a sum of parts, but we are a unit. Faith is the call of God, and the life God calls us into being. God speaks and creates a way to walk in the world. When we accept this life, we may say, of course, your will be done. We may pray, let it be to me according to your word. Or we may insist, not my will, but your will be done. But when our human will and desire meet the will and desire of God in perfect freedom our only choice is nonetheless to recognize that our faith is ultimately the work and mystery of God. Peter and the others are asked again if they really want to follow Jesus and at the same time the invitation is extended to whoever else wants to hear it. Definitely no one can live my life more than me. The story of God in my life is very different from the story of anybody else. Therefore, my experience with God is unique as a result of my own story and my own history. Yet the discipleship to which Jesus invites me is to recognize that we are not a sum of parts, but we are a unit. May this Lent, we have enough opportunities to reflect in our discipleship, to think the real meaning of living behind the nets in a sunny sea, following a guy whose life is shadowed by the cross. But what about the bold eagle? As the eagle, many times in order to survive, we have to start a change process. We sometimes need to get rid of old memories, habits, and other past traditions. Only freed from the past, we can take advantage of the present and make an effort to learn new things every day that will lead us to a renewed and liberated life. May we find our discipleship during this life.